0: Repenting is not so much just feeling lousy and you're not really quite sure about why you feel lousy or maybe you, you know, feel guilty about something particular. Repent is not so much about that. Repent simply means to turn. and the, 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 the biblical word for repent just means turn. Think of it as like pivot. Mm-hmm. Stop the way you're going. Go a slightly different way. And the way the circle helps us think about repenting is to say, when Kairos is in front of you. In other words, when God's got your attention somehow, the first thing you do is you observe that, you reflect on it, and you discuss it. And I assume that's probably something that's at the heart of ordinary men and
1: what ordinary men groups do. All right, let's do this. I'm here today with one of my great friends, mentors, uh, John Chandler, and uh, excited to be de- discussing some some things called a life shape, which John will tell us a lot more about here in the here in the near future. But before I do that, I just want to invite everyone listening, if you would uh, be willing to to like and subscribe um, or rate and subscribe our podcast. Of course, uh, if it's anything less than a five, just stop and pray about it for a little while. (laughs) No, honestly, rate it. Hopefully it'll be a five. Um, And share it. Share it with friends and and family and on Facebook and in those places. It's the only way that we can get the word out. And we do feel like that this podcast is a great way to encourage people into discipleship, challenge them in their faith and do so in a very ordinary way from a very ordinary guy like myself. And so hopefully, uh, if anything, my life can be, uh, an example that, you know, God can use an ordinary person to step out in faith and, 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 and do things that will advance the kingdom. So hopefully that will encourage others. So if you guys could help us with that, I would really appreciate it. So as I said before, John Chandler, Hey John, how are you? What's up, man? Oh man, there's a lot up. I just got done. Uh, with an ordinary men's session in Colorado. It was on um, discipleship principle five love others. That's a pretty challenging topic right now. <laughs> oh, don't be so complicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it sounds easy. That's a pretty difficult thing to do uh, lately. It feels, I'm sure it was always difficult to do, but, um, you know, loving others is not necessarily as easy as it sounds at times. <laughs> Maybe it's just me.
0: I mean, it's, 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 we will talk about this for sure. But, um, uh, uh, one of my mentors, Mike Breen famously said, discipleship is simple, but hard. Uh, you know, for much of my life, I thought of it as complicated, but easy, but turns out that was exactly backwards.
1: Yeah. I, I would fully agree with that. Uh, I would fully agree. Well, John is our guest today. Uh, John has uh, led an organization called Uptick since 2007, I was actually fortunate enough to go through a version of Uptick called Uptick Entrepreneur. And I'll have John explain what Uptick is to us in, in just a second. Uh, he has 35 years of ministry experience as a pastor, a conference speaker, church consultant, mentor to leaders, etc. <clears throat> he holds a degree from University of North Carolina, which he he, he literally bleeds um, light blue. I better say light blue, not blue. That could be Duke. That'd be a bad thing. Yeah, he just gave me a dirty look. Uh, also, Princeton the- Theological Seminary, which is, you know, obviously an amazing uh, seminary, and Fuller Theological Seminary, and is the author of six widely used books on spiritual leadership, one of which I'll probably uh, reference in this podcast called Uptick, that he recently, it's its most recent book that he wrote, um, and uh, it's it's very helpful in, in discipleship. And so... Um, it was released in November of 2019. You guys can find that on, on um, Amazon, and, and uh, I'm sure you would find it a great read. Uh, he's a husband, father, grandfather, lives in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, on Lake Norman. And uh, by the way, I was nosy, so I pulled up your address the other day. That's a sweet spot, man. I like that, where you're at, right there on the water.
0: Lake Norman, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lake Norman is actually a couple of hours from Chapel Hill, but this is an old, uh, an old family uh, vacation cottage. My father was a dentist, about an hour and twenty minutes away, and uh, he built a place here in the mid seventies so that he wouldn't have to fix people's teeth on Saturday. (laughs) And uh, so it's just been it's been a blessing. We've been down here during COVID. We've been trying to avoid. um, 30,000 undergraduates across the street from our condo where we, where we normally stay in Chapel Hill. And um, so it's very isolated, very quiet. It's, a, it's well, a real blessing.
1: I know where it's at now. So if I just show up, just be prepared. I do like to fish. I will be prepared. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There are plenty of fish in this water, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, I bet. I bet. Well, John, as I said before, is the leader of Uptick. Um, John, can you tell us a little bit about? You'll do a better justice than me. What, what Uptick is? What it, What it means and and such?
0: Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, you know, Uptick is is um, is a, an organizational attempt to identify, equip, and deploy pioneering young adult leaders. And in other words, we're trying to find and form, uh, some very promising emerging adult leaders, um, not just in congregational life, although they're also, but also in other sectors of life, including business, uh, and identify these people and help them to develop some of the spiritual habits and build some of the relational, um, Capital and skills that will help them get to their best platform of leadership and discipleship sooner rather than later. And uh, part of it was born out of my own experience. I was a I was a pastor when I was in my early twenties, and you know uh, here I am, and I survived it and so forth. But um, but I could have done more sooner. Had I not made a lot of beginner's mistakes, uh, had I had some wisdom and guidance from people who were a little further along the the journey of leadership and discipleship. So I think I'm working that out, Jeremy. I think I'm I'm just trying to provide for other people through uptick um, opportunities to get something that I wish I had
1: when I was that age. Yeah. an uptick is actually a stock term. Is that a financial stock term? Is it?
0: Yeah, we got the, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I I asked God, honestly, what to call this. And uh, 13 years ago, nobody was using the term uptick much in in popular culture. It was, it was from the financial sector and it it really was talking about something that, uh, an asset that appreciated with investment. So something that went from here to here. It didn't necessarily go all the way, but it showed marked appreciation in in the sense of increased value um, over a fairly short period of time. And uh, as it turned out, that, that turned out to be a pretty good descriptive name for what it is that we hope to see um, in cohorts that go through uptick.
1: Yeah, that's great. And so, uh, you're investing in people that you feel like have great potential. So, um, and and then I was fortunate enough to go through almost a one-on-one, I guess it was a four-on-one session with John, uh, for the very first ever, I think, uptick entrepreneur. Was that, was that correct? It was kind of a a beta.
0: That is where it was born. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I was able to help in, in some small ways in and, and getting that established and started in Fredericksburg. So it's near and dear to my heart. And so it's similar to uh, investing in young pastors that have great potential, but um, it's an invitation-only uh, environment. Um, you can certainly raise your hand and and put yourself in, in the invitation process probably, but um, it's an invitation-only, and and it's inviting people that, that aren't entrepreneurs but are entrepreneurs that we feel like we can invest heavily into that can... Um, Uh, integrate discipleship into uh, the culture of their business and and their overall life. And so I found it to be extremely beneficial for myself. In fact, um, I, I would say that going through uptick with John is one of the major reasons that I'm doing Ordinary Men and Ordinary Discussions today. And so I'm very thankful to John and his investment in my life. Um, I hope that I was uh, one of those uptick stocks that you invest into because they would they will do something with their life, and um, uh, you know that's obviously a prayer of mine. And so John has been has had a great influence on me, and he's not only a, a, one of those guys that um, knows the word and 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 knows. You know theology and and all the good stuff that 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 men of of the word know, but he also was very relational, and um and I really appreciate that about him and his encouragement in my life. So I just felt like uh, as a almost uptick light, <laughs> uh, what we could do is a way that John could promote uptick, for those of you listening, and and, and I'll, get, I'll have John give us a website that you can go to if you have interest, and I'm sure you can message him from there and such. Uh, but I thought what we would do is go through some of these things called life shapes. And so life shapes are uh, these diagrams that are used uh, throughout uptick that allow the disciple to see some very tangible ways of walking out their faith. And so uh, we're going to start with the one today called The Circle. And so anyone listening, you can go to um, our website, theordinarymen.com forward slash life shapes. Once again, wwwtheordinarymen forward slash life shapes. And you can find these shapes in the description of each on our website. <clears throat> you, can, uh, you can also go to the description of this podcast And in the description of the podcast, there will be a link that takes you straight there so you don't have to worry about typing it all in. So we wanna make it easy for you, but I would highly encourage if you're listening to pause it now, Go to the website, see the life shape before we start talking about it, because it will make a lot more sense than trying to to make this thing up in your head as we're we're explaining it. But John, tell us what a life shape is. I probably didn't do a great job of explaining it. I know it was, they were created by Mike Breen. He's written a book, Building a Discipleship Culture, another great resource that I would highly recommend for anyone that um, has discipleship uh, at their heart or any Christian, it shouldn't even, I mean, if we're a believer, we should have discipleship at our heart. I would highly recommend anyone listening, building a discipleship culture by Mike Breen, but he, he started these life shapes. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, Mike was a, a pastor in Sheffield, England, and um, he was dyslexic. So just an ordinary guy, had trouble reading words sequentially in a page. He's brilliant, but um, but was a visual learner, as a lot of people are. I'm a visual learner. Uh, I like little cartoons and things like that. I I just learn when I can see something rather than simply trying to grab it conceptually. So um life shapes were a series of geometric shapes that Mike used to kind of capture the heart of eight different core competencies of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So when you start to ask about, well, what are the key things behind uh, being a follower, a disciple of Jesus, they are things like, um, uh, working out of your rest rather than
1: resting from mm, your work. That was a good one for me.
0: Yeah, I love that one. And and uh, so that one's captured in a shape called the semicircle. And uh, they're they're like living lives that are relationally rich, up in our relationship toward God. In in our relationships with community and out toward the world. So that one's obviously a triangle. Let me so
1: let me pause they, you. Let just, me let me pause you on that. So if you're in ordinary men, you know that our three core values are intimacy with Jesus, that's up. Intentional relationship with others, that's in multiplication that's out, right? So uh, th- this has had such a profound influence on in my life that I, I, those core values, John, is pretty interesting. Those core values were established before I even put it together that that was the up and out model. <laughs> and that's the triangle, which we'll discuss another time, but okay, sorry, go ahead.
0: So I would say the plan is working, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the very idea is, is life shapes, um, are are they're viral right they're they're like memes they're they're ways of helping to capture something that is rich and and complex and profound and wide-ranging but to capture them in a way that is really something that you can grasp quickly and is very portable you can you can write it on the back of a a napkin slide it across the coffee table to somebody and they understand what you're talking about without you having to explain it Half to death, yeah. so for
1: ordinary, ordinary men, ordinary women. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, certainly a great resource, and so, hey, how do we point people back to, to uptick?
0: Yeah, just uptick.org. Uh, it's not a it's not a robust website, but it'll tell you a little bit about what we do and uh, that kind of thing. And and as you mentioned, um, not to, I'm not. Not trying to self-promote here, but
1: oh, I want you to promote uh, the book. I want you to.
0: Oh well, the book uptick itself is is designed as a field manual for people who want to do in their own setting, kind of what you've done um, with ordinary men, and that is to figure out how to invest in the leaders who are coming along beside and behind you as well. So it, it's the it's the best place to go, and as as you said, you can get it on Amazon. And uh, it's a completely, um, all of the profits for the sale of the book go back into the work of furthering uptick. So it's, it's, pay, it's you know, the book itself is trying to embody an uptick principle of pay it forward. Don't pay things back, pay them forward.
1: Yeah, that's great. Well, I would encourage you guys to go to the website uptick.org. Uh, I may be saying something I shouldn't, but if you are an entrepreneur in any region of the country listening to this, and it's something that you feel like it would be beneficial for your life and some of your peers uh, to, to go through something like this, I would encourage you to contact John. He may be cringing that I'm saying this right now. It may not be the exact model, but um, I would encourage you to contact him through the website and, and see if there's a, an avenue to maybe do something in your area. So uh, it is a great, it is a great program, but Let's go ahead and dive into this This uh, Life Shape the Circle. So once again, I would encourage you to go to the link in the description so you can see it as we talk it through. But tell us what the circle, what, what's the main focus of this Life Shape the Circle?
0: Well, that, the circle is the first and, and the bedrock and foundational life shape because at the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is someone who hears from God, and responds to God. So the circle captures this idea of an ongoing life of hearing and responding to God by um, talking about what it means to repent and believe. And if you look at the shape of the circle, what you'll see is a circle with two halves to it, a repent half, which is oriented around observe, reflect, and discuss, and a believe half, which is oriented around plan, account, and act. That repent half is, is based on what it means to hear from God. Okay, so when Jesus inaugurated his ministry in Mark 115, uh, 115 he said, The time is at hand, the kingdom is near, repent and believe in the gospel so some some interesting language in that verse it's it's worth um looking at that at that verse very closely that word for time is kairos so kairos there's two kinds of time in the bible there's there's ordinary time and there's kairos time ordinary time is chronos like a, a, a you know chronological uh, that's clock time that's days and weeks and months and hours and minutes but kairos are moments in which God, as God is wont to do, breaks into ordinary time and says, something of the kingdom of heaven is happening here. All right, so this is what Jesus is saying about himself and about his ministry. He's going, the time, Kairos, is at hand. It's right here, you're looking at him, Jesus says. the kingdom of God is near. Jesus is saying, when you look at me, what you see is the way things are in the kingdom of heaven. And here I am right in front of you. And so you need to respond to this reality by repenting and believing. And repenting is not... You know, if I can just riff off of that for a second, because this is something that's commonly repenting is not so much or just feeling lousy, and you're not really quite sure about why you feel lousy, or maybe you you know feel guilty about something particular. Repent is not so much about that. Repent simply means to turn, and the, the 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 biblical word for repent just means turn. Think of it as like pivot. Mm-hmm. Stop the way you're going. Go a slightly different way. And the way the circle helps us think about repenting is to say, when Kairos is in front of you, in other words, when God's got your attention somehow. So, you know, God can get our attention in all sorts of ways. He can get it uh, through an eruption of joy, mm-hmm. uh, the erosion of fatigue, fatigue. Uh, the excavation of doing deep work to listen to God, uh, or the earthquake of suffering. (laughs) And uh, so there's all kinds of ways that God can get your attention, right? And when he does, the first thing you do is you observe that, you reflect on it, and you discuss it. And I assume that's probably something that's at the heart of ordinary men and what ordinary men groups do. Is they observe when God has their attention, they talk about it, they think about it together. True?
1: Absolutely. So you're saying that these moments in life, no matter if they're high joy or just extreme pain, are often can be Kairos moments. <clears throat> and so they're, they're a moment when it's time to reflect. And so uh, I think Breen in his book, kind of has the the walk of a disciple from salvation to heaven as a straight dotted line. And he says, that's not really how it works. How it works is you have this salvation to heaven, you have this dotted line, but then you have these Kairos moments along the way, which are life-changing events, or it could just be something that's not even life-changing, but somehow, boy, it just really gets your attention. I think he used an example Absolutely. of like a pastor that... Um, and I know uh, this probably isn't a podcast for pastors for the most part, but but a pastor that goes in front of his congregation and says, "Hey, I want to do a building fund," and he thinks everybody's going to applaud it, and it's like he gets these looks of of like no way, and he hears people talking about him, like that could be a Kairos moment for him, and and, and so that's a time to start reflecting. But so you know, Breen, if you're on the website and see the Life Shape the Circle, Breen creates. This line, this dotted line from salvation to heaven. And then along that dotted line are all these X's, which are Kairos moments. And then the circle is underneath that line. So the circle starts at the Kairos moment, ends back at the Kairos moment, and then you go down the dotted line. Now you hit another Kairos. So our life is, 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 is full of all these. Now, one thing that, that Breen says, which I liked, is that it's a way for us to uh, discern the voice of God. It, would you say that that is one of the great benefits of the circle?
0: That, that's what it's about. That's what following Jesus is about, right? So I'm, one of the reasons I love the name Ordinary Men, Ordinary Women is that hearing from God is ordinary Christianity. That's ordinary discipleship. Mm-hmm. That's something that is a part of our regular life. Now, you may be saying, well, I've never heard a voice from heaven before. I will say to you that as you grow more uh, in the walk with following Jesus, um, you will hear God getting your attention in ways that I very simply want to describe as God speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you you can sort of fall into to two different ditches around this. You can fall into the ditch of thinking that... Um, every spasm you have or every time a parking place <laughs> opens up for you that, that God is speaking. Yeah. And, uh, you can, you can kind of, <clears throat> you can go a little crazy on that end, but you can make the equal and opposite error of, of assuming that God doesn't speak to us at all and that we're fundamentally on our own. That's right. And neither, neither of these things are true. God loves to speak with us. God loves. Uh, this is why Jesus gave the Holy Spirit. He said, "You know, He's going to bring to your remembrance everything that I've tried to teach you." And so, the the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to speak with us, to communicate with us, to get our attention, to draw us along in in a path that leads to life. And it's it's a it's a bumpy path. It's uh, sometimes a mysterious path. Uh, but that's what God's trying to do. He's trying to do what Jesus did with the 12 and say, come follow me. Yeah. And the spirit of Jesus still yeah. does that with us too. And sometimes, you know, uh, the way that we're following is not going to get us to where we want to go. And so those are the moments at which uh, God's spirit basically breaks in and said, Hey, repent, stop, pivot, tilt, Adjust, change your direction, change your thinking about where you're, where you're headed and follow me instead.
1: So I, I think this would be uh, very common among all believers, no matter if you're a pastor or not, it's like, when is, when is this the voice of God? Like, when is this the burrito I had? Or when is this the voice of God? When, or when is this my, you know, here's my bigger one is when is this something I want versus something God wants for me? Because, man, my flesh is, can, is, is, is always, you know, there. So uh, oftentimes, because God does change the desires of our hearts, the more that we, we engage with Him and grow in Him in intimacy, oftentimes our desires align with His. So then that gets really confusing because it's like, man, if, is this my desire or His desire? And then you're like, well, wait, it's both, <laughs> you know? And these, I think this circle, what you're saying is this circle will help someone figure out if that is the voice of God or their will is their desire. So is it not only a way to hear, but is it a way to also discern, meaning you may get halfway through that circle. And I want to talk about what that circle looks like in detail, in detail, but could I get halfway through that circle and realize that, no, that wasn't the voice of God and, and, and it wasn't a Kairos moment.
0: Yeah. That's, that's why part of repenting is to stop to pay attention long enough to discern if it is the world, the flesh, the devil, uh, the Lord, or that burrito that I had the night before. So, um, you know, that's why that repenting includes um, observing that something may be happening here, and then both reflecting and discussing. So you need to reflect on it. To um, this, is, this is what introverts are good at, right? To yeah. think to think about, hey, is this is this God at action here? You need to do some internal processing. Mm-hmm. But you need to pair that with discussing. And, and this is why it's, you, you can't follow Jesus without a community. You, you cannot follow Jesus without having other people around you yes. who are trying to say follow Jesus. Say
1: that like 10 so times.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's biblical Christianity.
1: Yeah, but boy, it's we try. American
0: individualism.
1: <laughs> we try. And we even have groups, you know, and, and like I said, one of our core values is an intentional relationship. I would say, John— the greatest struggle in ordinary men is getting men to engage in an intentional relationship outside of the weekly, the biweekly Bible study, you know, and and I tell men, this is just as important as the study. <laughs> this is, this is part of discipleship. Uh, but man, we have created a culture where, um, intentional relationship engaging with others, really getting into life with someone is, 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 has become a difficult thing. And I hope that ordinary men can, can, can help change that. So, okay. So I hear, I have a Kairos moment. Here's one part that I, that I always struggled with in this, in this verbiage. And I almost toned it out. I got to be honest with you. The circle got toned out with me a bit, but now that I'm restudying it, I realized that it's really powerful. But the thing that caused me to, to- tone it out was this word repent. Because I felt like, and I do, I I understand as reading Mike Breen's um, chapter on the circle and, you know, engaging with you on it, it can be a positive experience. It can be something that you didn't do wrong per se. Like for me, one of my Kairos moments was my father passing. Okay. That's not something I needed to, I feel like, repent from. So it, the circle lost me in the sense of, well, a lot of these Kairos moments for me aren't something that was like some sinful thing I did or some huge mistake I made. So why am I repenting? And so can you explain that for somebody like myself? How can I get past that part of the circle so that I can actually engage in it and let it do its thing?
0: Yeah. W- words, get, um, words have their meaning altered over time. So for, I don't know if this is true for you or not, but for a, a lot of us, the word repent uh, pretty early on in life got associated with some preacher screaming at us uh, for having impure thoughts. Yes. Right. And uh, saying, you're going to burn in hell if you don't do something about that. Yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it sort of got typecast in some ways into um, admitting a kind of depravity and degradation and an active, uh, you know, seeking sin, kind of life, and so forth. And now, let's be clear: it can include these things, but but the repent in the Bible means turn, Met, metanoete, change your thinking about your thinking. It's kind of like metamorphosis, right? Mm-hmm. The same way a caterpillar changes its body into a butterfly. Uh, meta metanoia, repent means. Change your thinking. So think differently.
1: Okay. Pivot. So my father's death caused me to think differently in a lot of ways. So that that would so I, I can enter into this this learning circle, as Breen calls it, and and that's my repentance, is this change of mind caused by an event in life.
0: When when God speaks to me, I want to understand that God is speaking out of affection and respond out of affection and not alarm. Okay. When I when I understand that God is getting my attention, I want to assume positive intent. Now, Now, positive intent might be God might be telling me to knock it off. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm assuming that I'm hearing from my father in heaven who loves me as his child and wants lovingly to send me in the direction that's going to lead to life for me and
1: for people around me. Yeah. Well, good. Okay. So we've talked around this this circle. That's no pun intended around the circle. We we we've talked we've talked around the subject. Let's. Uh, what I'd like to do with the last fifteen minutes or so that we have together is I would like to really uh, to have you teach me in the in the audience what it looks like to go around the circle. So as Breen says, um, it's a he says kairos moments are god-given opportunities to enter into a process of learning kingdom living right so i think number 1 i just want to say before we get there is god is going to speak going to speak to each one of you differently he doesn't speak to all of us the same and and i'm not saying that you should hear from him the way i do but i have learned that god will give me a kairos moment And I I even have a hard time saying that. It just sounds so biblical, Kairos moment. But he'll give me a Kairos moment. He'll give me a God moment, this moment in time that, that checks my spirit, right? And then I'll pray about it and meditate on it. But the way he confirms it is random people will repeat it to me. It's really odd, like how... It's repetition in my life, so I'll be praying about it and then I'll have this repetition of somebody confirming it out of, out of the blue and it's like okay I, that's how God has that's how I've learned to hear God's voice now everybody is differently and he could speak to me differently tomorrow but more of what I'm saying is not like you should hear from him the way I do more of what I'm saying is we need to get to the point as disciples where we understand when a Kairo's moment has possibly happened and immediately start this repentance. This change of mind and start looking and hearing for the voice of God and 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 especially especially in this day and age, start creating margin in our time. Like if you have a moment that you think is a kairos moment, it is time to start creating margin so you can hear the voice of God and be a, and be attuned to ways that He has spoke to you in the past. I would say, do you agree with that, John?
0: Oh, totally. And and you know if if you trip up over the language of God speak to me or kairos moment or any of this kind of technical language. <laughs> Instead, just think in terms of God getting my attention.
1: Yeah, I like that. So just think
0: about when's the last time God got my attention? Yeah. And, you know, uh, in, a, in a time of COVID, if you're having a hard time with that, you might want to just pause for a moment and yeah. think about, is God getting my attention in any way? And and that's a great way to just to observe, reflect and discuss that. That's a, that's a more accessible pathway for a lot of people to think about how is God speaking to me right now?
1: I love that because there, I don't think there's a single person listening to this through the political environment we're in through the, the riots and the protest and on all sides and the COVID and mask arguments. And uh, I don't think there's anybody that God is not getting their attention right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're all I mean, having a Kairos I mean, I mean, moment. It can all be, it can also be something as
0: ordinary as an argument with your wife. All right. So something she said or something, a fuss that you had and that kind of thing. And you're like, huh, I wonder if the Holy Spirit's nudging me here to pay attention to something.
1: Yeah, that's great. Or something my 13 year old son says that, that just goes to the core. Right. Right which happened to that me definitely recently. Get your attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, enough talking about it. Let's 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 get into it. So, okay, we have this moment. Now now work me around the circle and tell me how this looks in my life.
0: Yeah. So, the the good thing about repent is that it's paired with believe. So, it's not enough just to hear God or to to acknowledge that God has your attention. Following Jesus means once you've heard you do something about that. So if repent or, or, or pausing long enough to let God get your full attention, right? If that's about observing, reflecting, discussing, believing is about planning, accounting, and acting into what you've heard.
1: Okay. So, so, let me please. pause you. Let me time out. So we have a Kairos moment. Imagine a circle. The Kairos is at the top of the circle. Please go, please do click on that link. Cause it will really help you if you're listening, uh, to see this, but Kairos moments top of the circle. Now I start going down and in this, this downward motion, I'm, I'm observing, reflecting and discussing. So, so I observe what happened. I reflect on what happened and I discuss it with someone else in, in relationship. Is that, is that correct?
0: Yeah, so you've been in your Ordinary Men group, and as you have been um, looking at Scripture, thinking about something that got your attention in the Scripture that you're going to study together, and as you discuss it with um, the other men in your group. All right, so let's say that... that. Um, You know, your scripture is uh, in James where it says the wisdom from above is first pure and then peaceable and several other things. But that word pure just keeps popping for you Mm -hmm. because, you know, you've been struggling with porn. Okay. And you're thinking, all right, I, I, I can't reconcile my ongoing use of porn with... Uh, asking God to give me wisdom in a hard decision I've got to make about my business because (laughs) these two things are not compatible. Yeah. All right. So then you take that personal struggle where God may have spoken to you through the scripture, you've thought about it, and you've come and you have discussed something uh, about this. You know, you've trusted these other people in your group with um, confidential covenant relationship to tell them that you're struggling with porn and you're struggling with a desire to hear wisdom from God, but how you're having a hard time reconciling this with this habit that you're, that you're wrestling with, which tons of people wrestle with.
1: Okay. So this is a great example. Uh, It's probably one that's an uncomfortable example because it's uncomfortable because I think it hits home with a lot of men. I wouldn't say every man, but I would say a lot of men, right? If, If it doesn't, if it hasn't hit home with you, count yourself very fortunate. So this is something that a lot of men can, can relate with. Okay. So they've had this Kairos moment purity, man, this hasn't happened yet. I'm still trying to live a pure life. Okay. God has me here. I'm going to observe and reflect. Now I'm going to going to discuss it. That brings me to the bottom of the circle. Now I'm going to start working back up the circle towards that original Kairos moment, which is at the top. So now what, so now I've done that part. Now, now what's my next step?
0: Okay, you got to believe, right? You've repented, you've got to believe. And believe just means live by. All right? So if if God has gotten your attention and said, "Hey, you need to pivot. You you need to pivot off of this and follow me a different way and you'll live a different kind of life." Um you if you're if you're foolish, you'll just hear that and go, "Gotcha." and then won't do anything about it. Yeah. Right, There's Which is a very typical,
1: which is unfortunately a very typical response in, in our day.
0: Well, it's something Jesus addressed a number of times. Yes, yeah. so it was typical ministry. then too. <laughs> it's typical from the beginning of human history. Yes, yes. So, you know, so you got to do something, right? you got to actually not only say, I need to pivot, but you actually need to pivot. And so we can't do that alone. We, we This is where you have to have a group of other disciples around you in, other to, in, other, in order to do with God what we can't do on our own. Mm-hmm. And so I need other people in my life that help me with that. I need to share with them a plan. I need to account for how I'm going to respond to that plan, and I need to act on it. All right? So the way you, the way you complete the circuit or the circle— is that when God gets your attention about something, you partner with somebody else to say, with God's help, and with your help, I'm not going to look at porn today. And so you you make a plan, not going to do it today. And then, you know, at the end of the day or the next day or whatever, your friend helps you account for that. Mm-hmm. You're going to account to your friend. I'm going to tell you, I didn't do it today, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to act on it. And every time I hear and respond to God, then what I do is I build a discipleship muscle. I I learn to take one more step down the journey with Jesus. And the thing about building a muscle or building reps in walking a leg of the journey is that it strengthens our ability to go further on. And do more of that. So I'm innately a terrible listener to God. I'm also at times weak-willed. But every time I do listen to God, and every time with the help of God and others, I respond to what God has done to get my attention, I build a discipleship muscle. And it's like they say in Alcoholics Anonymous, it works when you work it. Yeah. When you When you actually work that circle, you get better at it. And you begin to hear God um, with more sensitivity and more alertness to how God's getting your attention. Things that might have just whizzed past me uh, in the past, now I'm attuned to catch more of that. And, And that's what journeying with Jesus was for the 12 in the New Testament. And that's what journeying with Jesus is for ordinary Christians now.
1: So let's let's look at this. So that's a great example. That's a sin example. Something we're struggling with in life. So okay. So let's say that that man now goes through this circle, completes the circuit. He has his plan. It doesn't stop when the circuit's completed. It's probably an ongoing process. He's heading down life. Uh, he's growing in intimacy with the Lord. He's uh, he's in an ordinary men's group, and uh, somewhere around week twenty of or session twenty, which is week forty of of ordinary men, like. God just puts on his heart like there's men in your life that you need to be discipling. Okay. So he has this like Kairos moment. Maybe it's in the, maybe it's in the, in the study itself. Maybe there's something that said, cause we're a high challenge, high grace environment. I learned that term from you. A lot, a lot of what I do, I I've, I've taken from John Chandler, but, uh, but it's good stuff. And so we're high challenge, high grace. So maybe there's a challenge gets put forth in a session. Okay. Boom. I, I feel like that that's a Kairos moment. Like I, I, he literally like put people on my heart and mind. I can see their faces. Right. How does somebody walk this same circle out in that, in in that, can you, can you just walk through that circle real fast in that, in that example?
0: Yeah. Well, if you think about the last thing Jesus did, look in, look in the last chapter of, of um, Matthew, Matthew 28, the last four verses or so. Great commission. You know, the disciples, the, the disciples were um, very unsure. They they were clear that Jesus had been raised from the dead. They were awed about this, um, and they didn't quite know what awaited them next. And so Jesus first reassured them. He said, "Look, I'm going to be I'm going to be with you to the end of the age." Mm-hmm. That that's the high grace, the high invitation. But he also said, um, "Go into all the world and make disciples." That's the high challenge. That's kind of to your point. That's the, um, being a disciple is not simply about me, but it's about me as a conduit of God to others around me. That's why Jesus paired, you know, the two great commandments are love God and love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. You can't do one without the other. You can't.
1: You can't do the second without the first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you can't do the first without the second. Or
1: the opposite, the second without the first. Truly can. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, okay, so, so I, if I I have to, I have to, I have to share when God has shared generously with me. I have to share that with other people. Again, uh, I didn't realize I was going to be quoting Alcoholics Anonymous uh, twice <laughs> in, one, in one conversation, but there's another great uh, AA phrase that says, you can't keep it unless you give it away. Mm. In other words, you know, for an alcoholic, um, that person would have to say, I can't stay sober unless I help somebody else stay sober. Yeah. And that's, that's why AA meetings happen is that, that we have a purpose that is built into us, given to us by God, I would say that is about generosity and about sharing and encouraging and bringing other sheep into the fold, so to speak, and if we don't, if we don't exercise that, it's like a, it's like a creek that gets backed up or dammed up, and over time, um, you know, the water in it just gets putrid. Yeah.
1: Well, just to kind of, uh, we're almost at an end here. Uh, just so on that that Kairos moment of, we did a sin version of it. Right, lust and porn. So now the man is or woman, whoever's listening, feels called by God to do something in discipleship. We'll just say because I always say it's not about ordinary men. I'll use ordinary men as the example because that's that's a world I live in. But I tell people all the time, it's not about multiplication in ordinary men. Is not about ordinary men. Of course, we'd like to see that. That's our that's our heart's cry. And what we're what we're our heart's cry is Jesus. But that's that's the mission we're on. But we just want to see multiplication. It could be maybe God calls you to start something else, maybe just starts uh, teaching kids bringing young you know teenage boys through a process of of pointing them to Jesus whatever it would be it doesn't have to be ordinary men, but I always say it's very difficult to go through a year long uh, discussion on discipleship and at the end of it feel like you shouldn't be discipling someone <laughs> you know there's th- that's reality so whatever God puts on your heart you know so now we enter this Kairos moment boom he puts something on my heart now I observe what he said. I'm going to reflect on it. Okay, is that really God's voice? Is that really something He'd be calling me to? Does it align with the Word of God? Uh, those things. I'm going to discuss it with other brothers in Christ or sisters in Christ, people that I trust. I'm going to tell them my 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 hang-ups. I'm going to tell them what what I'm struggling with. They're going to encourage me past those things. Um, then I'm going to start a plan. Okay, this is what I'm going to have to change in my life in order to make this happen. I'm going to have to maybe cut this thing out so I have time. I'm going to have to maybe change the way I do X, Y, Z in my daily life so that I have time to, to, to do that. I'm going to tell someone that I'm doing it so that now I'm held accountable and tell them, hey, I want you to hold me accountable to walking out what God has put on my heart and you have the voice in my life to call me out if I don't, right? And now I'm going to act on it. So I'm going to start inviting people into the process. And I'm going to start. I'm going to start walking out what God's put in my heart. So that completes my circle. Is, it, is did I did I explain that well? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Would you add anything?
0: Um, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about um, what it means to share that with other people when we discuss the square later okay. on. That's another one of the core the core life shapes. But uh, I mean, I think part of what you're touching on that is absolutely central to what it means to be a disciple, is that we can't be a disciple alone. Yeah. And there's a, a real reason that when <laughs> Jesus began the movement that continues to expand to this day, uh, he did it with 12 people around him in yeah. a certain way. Mm-hmm. He didn't pick one, one person to mentor and just say, follow me, I'm going to whisper all my secrets to you, and this thing is going to go. He chose people living in community together as they tried to listen together to what he was teaching and, and how he was trying to lead them. Yeah, that's great. So whether it's ordinary man or uptick, you're, you're absolutely right. The vehicle for listening and responding to God is secondary to the activity of every disciple to respond with action when God is getting your attention.
1: That's awesome. Well, great. That gets us to uh, about 45 minutes. We will we'll probably close this up here. Do you have any final, any final words for anyone listening?
0: You know, I would just say that um, if you are somebody who acknowledges Jesus as Lord, I want to say to you that God wants to talk with you. God wants to get your attention. God's Spirit wants to interact with you uh, every day at multiple points across the day, most likely. And that you have, when you have the Holy Spirit and you have a group of people who also have the Holy Spirit, you have everything you need uh, to engage with scripture, to hear from God, and to live the life that Jesus promised to all disciples, and that is the life of on earth as it is in heaven. Things can be in your life on this earth the way things are in the kingdom of heaven. That That's right there. It's within your grasp. This is not a pie-in-the-sky wish. This is a way of saying that Jesus knows of a kingdom that people in the world don't know about and he's welcome welcoming you into that and that's within your grasp so you can hear from god and be encouraged in that sorry man you unleash the uh, uh the preacher in me no, there no
1: no you can you can keep going well i'll just end with a with a quick quote from mike breen's book um building a discipleship culture this podcast and this circle the circle life shape is about hearing from God and acting on it. And Mike Brink says, faith always comes to the surface and always produces action. It cannot be contained. Thoughts and intents that are held within and not acted upon are not faith, no matter what we like to say. So hopefully you can use, when the faith comes to the surface, when you have these Kairos events, when you have these events in life that make you mm, think for a minute, you can use this circle to work around the circle and hear the voice of God in a, in a more and in, in better way. So thank you so much for listening today. We appreciate it. Hope you have a great day. Bye-bye.